to anybody out there that actually suffers from migraines, the first thing I would tell them is read Stanton's book, The Fighting yeah. the Migraine Epidemic. It will transform your life. And it really is absolute truth. Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. I'm excited about today's interview because our guest has valuable experience with a common issue. Cynthia Wellington, you dealt for years with a debilitating condition, one that a lot of people suffer from, at least from time to time, migraines. You dealt with them chronically, but in recent years, things have changed. A lot of our listeners will be glad to hear how. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi. <laughs> nice to be here. Um, yeah, I was chronic migraine disorder, and I mean, it, 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 it is brutal. And many people do get migraines, um, but there's also that stigma that it's not often spoken about. It's, you know, that hush-hush, you don't complain, you don't talk about it because there's that stigma to migraines as being, Oh my God, you're just having another headache, you know, and you get that attitude from a lot of people and migraines are just not headaches. They're not even close to being a headache. Um, they're two totally different functions, right? Where a headache is more of an inflammation re reaction, you know, so, you know, stress headaches or even a sinus headache or any kind of headache like that, although they're painful, they're not like migraines where it's an actual brain issue. Right. So, yeah. and they, they definitely do feel different, you know, from getting a headache to a migraine. Uh, migraines are very, very debilitating. They'll knock you on your butt. Um, you're not getting out of bed. You, you can't handle light. Um, for me, my vision would blur so I can barely see um, little black, black dots dancing all over the place. You know, it, it was horrid, you know, and when it's chronic, it's almost daily. So you really miss out on a lot of life when that happens, right. you know, and right. being a mother and, you know, a wife and whatnot, you know, you come home from work and you just barely made it through your day and how I functioned through the day is beyond me. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I did it. <laughs> Uh, I really don't. Um, yeah. Everybody could tell that I had a migraine or I was not feeling well because you could see it in my eyes. You can see me squinting, the pain, you know, you can just see that I was not 100%. But people got so used to it because that was my norm, you know. So it wasn't normal for me to look alive and vibrant and excited or, you know, any of that stuff. My norm was to be somewhat muted you know so I'd just get through my day and then I'd go home and you know spend a few minutes with everybody just to make sure that they know they that I love them or what I thought you know would be adequate to say hey you know what 
I love you guys. I need to go to bed. And then you're off to bed just to try to recuperate. And for years, I didn't even know that they were migraines. I just knocked them up to be headaches. I didn't know the difference. I didn't understand the difference. And uh, it took a long time for them to figure out that I was actually getting migraines. And by, well, the, by the time they figured it out, it had progressed so badly into the chronic migraines. And several different types of drugs that they tried on me and they were failing. And then finally, you know, the doctor was putting me on, you know, the, what they would give for chronic migraine disorder would be an epilepsy drug called topiramate to reduce the amount of times I got migraines because standard drugs for migraines you can't take every day. So those immediate relief ones, you can't take them every day because then you end up with reaction migraines. So it, it's kind of counterproductive. And yeah, here I was... A, kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of it, situation. It really is. And I do have cervical spine issues. And I, my, my cervical spine is completely messed up. I've got a bunch of discs that were herniated, and I thought they were my headaches caused by the cervical spine. I thought okay. that's what they were. So, yeah. um, you know, had the MRIs, found out I have it, a bunch of discs that are, you know, herniated and, you know, little issues here and there, and uh, was sent to a neurosurgeon because I was getting headaches, what I thought were caused by the spine. And the neurosurgeon looked at me and says, those aren't headaches. Because when I described to him what I experienced, he told me, he says, you don't need a neurosurgeon. You need a neurologist because you're getting migraines. And it was that moment where they put me on the topiramate and they had the backup pill of sumatriptan. And I had a friend of mine whose father is a doctor here in town, and uh, he's actually listed on Diet Doctor as one of the low-carb doctors for this area. And uh, his son is a friend, and he kept on bugging me. He's like, Cynthia, you've got to go to dietdoctor.com. You've got to go to dietdoctor.com. I swear to God, this is going to help you. I promise you. And all I can think (laughs) of is I can't give up my bread. I need my hamburger buns. You know, what about my pasta? You know, (laughs) like these are things that I was addicted to. My candies. I eat candy up until bedtime. And then you wonder why I was getting migraines. Right. Right. You know, so it was this perpetual loop. And then finally one day I listened to him after the diagnosis and all these pills I'm starting on and it's still not getting better. And I'm still getting the migraines frequently. Hmm. So I went to diet doctor and he's like, he told me, just read what conditions it will treat. Just read. Just go and visit the site and read it. And I did. And I saw that it treated migraines. And I thought, what do I have to lose? I'm not living now. You know, because that's not a life when you're stuck in a migraine or the prodrome or the after effect. It's not a a life. You're kind of walking dead at that point. You're just going through the motions without really truly being present. 
you're not fully in that moment, any moment. You're just trying to make it through. So how many years had you been dealing with these migraines? For how long had you had migraines? Um, in retrospect, looking back, and I thought about this today, um, these started in my teenage years. So I would say, let's say 17, 18 years old when they started. And I'm 46 now, so <laughs> a long time. Wow. So we're talking decades here. Yes. Decades of migraines. And you didn't, you just, uh, you chalked them up to being just headaches caused by your uh, cervical injuries. Or, or, your, your... My, or my sinuses, or I always made some kind of reason why I was getting a headache. So I, when I was about 18 years old, um, I went to the doctor because along with the migraines, I have right hemisphere migraines. So it's all on my right side, right? So half of my head, and you can split it right down the center of my head. Like it literally is like there's a line drawn. Um, But on top of the migraines, I also got what were called cluster attacks. And another nickname for them is like suicide headaches because they're, they're actually not migraines. Um, but many people who suffer from migraines actually get them during migraines. And it's literally like somebody's shooting a bullet through your eye and it's coming out the back end. They're insanely intense. They come in waves that are about 20 minute intervals during that full time. You have a migraine, you get these waves of intense pain. So I was sent at 18 with these cluster attacks, not knowing what they were back then to get my sinuses x-rays because they figured, oh, it's just sinus issues or whatnot, came back fine, and I gave up. And I just chalked them up to being headaches or sinus issues or excuses. And then it was my neck, and I damaged my neck. Um, I figured it was my neck causing the pain. So I always came up with these reasons why I was getting this intense pain, not realizing the whole time it was migraines, even though almost everybody in my family gets migraines. I still never actually clued in that this is actually happening to me. Yeah, I just didn't didn't put that piece together. Uh, Were they diagnosed uh, with your family members as being migraines, or did they also not know? Um, they were, my mother got migraines, but she also has neuralgia. So we just figured, you know, that was a standalone. And my sister chimed in and then she was getting migraines and it turns out she was diagnosed. Um, my brother gets the migraines plus the cluster attacks like I do. And I never clued in. I didn't know it was genetic. You know, I just thought, you know, it's their lifestyle or it's, you know, they're just over exaggerating and, um, or I'm just being a whiner. And that was, a lot of that has to do with that stigma, right? So I'm yeah. the one who's, you know, over-exaggerating how bad this pain is. Maybe I'm thinking, it, like, it, it's all me. It's just a headache. Just no big deal. Yeah, Turn almost. Down. There's almost the... Um, the conception out there that if someone is talking about migraines, and I'm not saying this is accurate, but that there's a little bit of a perception of people who talk about it, that it's, yeah, and they're almost 
they're faking it a little bit or like they're just making an excuse for, you know, they don't feel great, but yeah, they're exaggerating things. Yeah. And then there's that eye roll. It's just a headache, get over it kind of thing. And people don't realize it really isn't. It truly isn't. You can't even, because you can get a migraine without the pain even. And also there's associated symptoms with migraines that, um, for instance, I've, and they're kind of like silent migraines, right? And, you know, in retrospect, I look back and there were days that I thought were okay days. Meanwhile, my stomach was upset. I've got the tingling head. I've got the black dancing dots. I can barely see out of my left, my right eye, you know, like, so it's all blurred vision. So I have all the associated symptoms of the migraine without the actual intense pain. So it was like, oh, it's just, you know, a bad day or I didn't get enough sleep or there's always an excuse that you make for why you feel horrible. And uh, it was a rough road to get diagnosed and it was a long road. Yeah. That uh, it, it seems like that would take its toll in any number of different ways, physical, mental, social, emotional. Um, that's yeah. That had to be a kind of all encompassing issue that you were dealing with. Um, so you, you got that diagnosis. Um, how long ago was it that you got that diagnosis and then that your, your friend, um, you know, was nudging you to go visit dietdoctor.com? Well, actually my friend started nudging me about it because of my husband, not because of me. (laughs) He actually, um, my husband's uh, type two diabetic. Okay. Right. And I hid my migraines or what I thought were headaches from everybody. I didn't tell people when I was at work or when I was out and about that, hey, I've got a headache. Sorry, I'm not, you know, I didn't speak about it because, you know, it's somebody complaining and nobody wants to hear anybody complain. (laughs) Right. Right. And (laughs) so he really didn't know that this was happening to me. uh, And he kept on telling me like your husband need this. So you need to go to this website. And he had been bugging me for months, months um, <laughs> because his dad went from being one of those doctors that uh, prescribed for everything, just your standard, you know, doctor that prescribes medications for every different illness, like any other doctor out there, you know, the pill pusher kind of thing. Right. Yeah, kind of or symptom management. Exactly. Um, and he did a 180 after discovering low carb diet and ketogenic diet. He did a 180 and he started pushing dietary intervention before pills, which okay. was absolutely something that's at that time. And this was over three years ago. Uh, it was kind of hush hush. It's not something that, you know, many doctors were doing because many of them were being brought before boards and, you know, it, it was just, it was a right. tough time during that time. Yeah, it, it was. And I think a lot of doctors still face that challenge that, you know, if it is, if it's anything that's outside of the standard of care or anything outside of what most of the other doctors are doing, they're putting themselves at risk for, um, you know, liability concerns and, uh, and yeah, and uh, facing uh, just, facing criticism, facing uh, being excluded from 
from professional organizations and from groups. So, you know, his son, who was the friend of mine, he was uh, the one that was actually really, you know, hounding me about it. And then just after I got my diagnosis of migraines and understand, like, leading up to this, I was actually a smoker, too. Okay. And um, I, when you're in that much pain and it's constant and it's taking over your life, you'll give up anything. Right. (laughs) So I figure I'm going to quit smoking. That's it. That's got to help because I'm not, you know, smoking and maybe the blood vessels in my brain will work better. And then I figured, okay, Luke, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'll look at it as soon as, you know, I quit smoking, give me three months of quit smoking, you know, so that I know that I'm done with cigarettes. Give me three months before I even look at that. I can't deal with two things at a time. Right. And I was making excuses because to me back then diet was like, oh my God, no, I don't diet. And it's not like I wasn't obese, so I really didn't have, you know, that health concern of being morbidly obese or obese. You know, yeah, I was a little bit chunky, you know, but I wasn't obese. So I wasn't really concerned about my diet because, you know, if you have a bad diet, it would show in your weight, right? Right, right. But that's not the case. You know, there are many people that suffer in other ways. And I didn't know that back then. Well, I got that diagnosis of migraines and he came in, I was at work that day and he came in and he's like, how you doing? And I'm like, I've got a migraine. He goes, you get migraines? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just found out that I have my chronic migraine disorder. He says, okay, Cynthia, you need to stop. You really need to stop fooling around now. You need to go to this website. I'm telling you right now, this will save you. Trust me just have some faith in me. And he was also friends with my family doctor. He's like, I can guarantee you, your doctor is going to be on board with this. He just can't push this on you. Okay. And I looked at him. I'm like, you're kidding me. He's like, yeah, because they're not allowed to. Wow. So finally I gave in, um, went to the website, saw how many different conditions it treats. And I thought, what do I have to lose? I've already lost everything in my life in the sense of not being present, not being able to be there when I got home from work and actually sit down and have, you know, an hour long conversation with my family. I was running off to bed all the time, you know, so what do I have to lose? So I started and my husband thought I was absolutely insane. I remember the first few days You know, I'd come home from work, go into the fridge, grab a huge chunk of cheese, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at me and being somebody who's gone through personal trainers, dietitians and whatnot to manage his diabetes. And I mean, this guy had worked out five days a week kind of thing and still had out of control blood sugar. He looked at me and says, you're going to get fat eating all that fat. Straight up. You're going to get fat eating all that fat. And I looked at him, I said, okay, here's the website. And I set it up on his laptop. He's not computer savvy. And I said, just read. That's all I'm asking you. He spent two days going down that rabbit hole. It started on that website. And he followed suit. And I mean, I was still getting the migraines at first. I was still going through that. Things don't change overnight, right? Yeah. And I... you know, I was a couple of weeks in and I thought, wait a minute, 
it's been, been about two or three days since I've had a migraine. And this never happens, right? It's oh. always migraine, right? And I looked at my husband and I'm sitting there after getting home from work and I'm like, I don't have a migraine. And it's been a few days. And he looked at me and he had just started. Um, and he's like, you're right, because you've been coming home. You've actually been sitting down with us. So it gave me that resolve to continue. So I continued. And the intervals between when the migraines would hit would get longer. So instead of being daily or every, you know, miss a day here and there during the week, it was becoming weeks before I'd get another migraine. And when it would hit, it wouldn't be as intense. It wouldn't be as debilitating. I would be better able to cope with it. Um, I had come off the tapiramate altogether. So because I didn't want to have a epilepsy based drug in my system, which could potentially increase my ketone levels as well as, you know, increasing them through dietary means. So in my mind, it was like, okay, I don't want to be combining the two. So the moment I started on the diet, I stopped the tapiramate just to make sure that I didn't end up having my ketone levels way too high where, you know, that whole myth about ketoacidosis for some odd stupid reason, you know, I wasn't educated back then. Yeah. And uh, so I, it was just blowing my mind. And at that point I knew I could just, I would never go back to eating the way I used to. And it, it it's crazy because I was so much in like candies, chocolates, junk food. They were the source of any kind of joy I've had in my life. Like this was what I centered my whole life around. It was the poutine. It was the candies, the chocolate bars, you know, I had a snack bin beside my bed for the night nights that I would wake up in the middle of the night or even sleep eat. And I, I used to sleep eat. Uh, so, how, and it was always junk food. There was very little vegetables in my life, which there still isn't. <laughs> I still don't eat a lot of vegetables. Um, but there was also very little meat. It was mainly garbage, processed junk and I mean I don't consider potato a vegetable so that was okay. one of my go-to's poutine is huge up here okay. uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah it was it was like a 180 now it's, I mainly eat meat okay and that I want to uh, touch on this for for any of our listeners who uh, may not be familiar with low carbohydrate diets ketogenic diets um, they might be, or, you know, they might not be that familiar with it. Um, you know, those are the low carbohydrate and ketogenic diets are, um, are what got you going down this path. You found it via uh, dietdoctor.com. It sounds like, um, you know, could you just describe a little bit, you described some of the things that you used to eat, um, can you describe what the transition was like? You mentioned the block of cheese. You mentioned that you eat mostly meat now. Yeah. How did that transition go as you went from your former 
uh, diet to the new diet? And what were what were some of the um, some of the changes? Um, you know, as you went through this transition. Well, I think the biggest mistake when I started is I tried to, you know, Diet Doctor has a ton of recipes that you can get for free, right, that are low carb. And I would go on there, get a recipe and whatever vegetable, which is low carb vegetable and non-starchy vegetable. So a lot of greens. Um, I've never really enjoyed a lot of vegetables. So that wasn't the major part of my plate. The major part of my plate was actually more the meat and fats, right? And the fats are actually part of the crucial part of the ketogenic style diet. Right. And all of a sudden I'm eating all this butter and cheese and, and I'm lucky. I'm one of those people that really do react well with dairy. Um, I've always drank my coffee black. So it wasn't, there was no transition there to go from, you know, what we used to drink was low uh, skim milk. So the lowest fat milk that you can drink. Uh, We used to drink that or put that, my hubby would put that in his coffee. So I had to transition him from that milk to, you know, the whole whipping cream, the heavy whipping cream. Uh, Transitioning from small things like uh, he used to start his day with oatmeal. I was actually already intermittent fasting um prior to all this i've never been a breakfast person so it was never a thing i was always that person that ate later in the day so fasting has always been part of my life i don't eat during the morning at all him he'd start his day with oatmeal he transitioned over to eggs and bacon and meats and leftovers um it was definitely a culture shock I mean, no more pasta. Um, I tried. I, I tried to make one of the low carb breads. That was a yeah. failure because you expect it to taste the same as your because hamburgers, right? Everybody loves right. hamburgers. Right. Me, it's bacon cheeseburgers. They're my thing, and yeah. I expected that low carb bread to taste the same and be just as satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to have a hamburger on. And that was a failure. Uh, So there was a lot of trial and error. And then instead of following recipes, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start creating my own, right? Here's my basis of what I want. And then I'm going to start creating my own. And a typical day would basically be um, me at work. uh, I would, I'd pre-cook bacon in case I got hungry at work and I used to call it purse bacon. So I'd keep some in a baggie (laughs) to snack on if I got hungry at work because we're super busy and I didn't have a time to sit down for a meal. So I had purse bacon and then I'd get home and we would have something like steak or, you know, ground beef. I would make something, you know, with a lot of meat, with a little bit of vegetables. I started enjoying vegetables a lot more than I did. Um, a lot more and my taste buds changed. So I started enjoying things like uh, zucchini, you know, little things like that. So I'm, I'm following the diet doctor, you know, food groups of what vegetables are safe and how many carbs and I'm counting everything at first, but I'm not sure why (laughs) (laughs) I really, it's a lot of time wasted in my opinion. Um, I bought those pea sticks that everybody 
try the key to, to test your ketones. And I was always, you know, pretty good at keeping my ketones at the therapeutic level. And which is what you want to aim for in the beginning when you're trying to actually change the way your body is processing the chemicals. Yeah, as, was, as you go from metabolizing uh, primarily carbohydrates to primarily metabolizing fat for fuel. Exactly. And the switchover was really hard on me. Um, you know, going from the glucose burning to fat burning. Everybody talks about keto flu, but the, when you're, you're addicted to sugar at the extent that I was, um, which was absolutely horrible. I don't know how I managed to live <laughs> as long as I did <laughs> with the amount of sugar I was putting in my body. Um, it, it was brutal, but my trick was I had picked up some strawberries and when I was having really bad withdrawals, I would have a few strawberries and it, it seemed to give me that tide over to give me that sweet sensation without me actually ending up with a migraine. Okay. And then there was okay. the trial and error of eating out. So not home cooked foods. And I learned a lot of lessons that way. Um, I learned about, I'd say about a year into it, because it's been over just over three years now. About a year into it, I learned about the dangers of seed oils and all of these other things. And I started learning all of these things, right? And I had, we were busy and I had come into this routine of cooking for our work week on my days off. Right. So I would meal prep the whole work week meals so that when we got home, we were exhausted. We didn't have to cook. We just took something out of the fridge, warmed it up. And there we go. Right. All the meals were all homemade. Um, bacon wrapped cheese stuffed meatloaf was one of the things that I used to make. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Oh, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's a favorite. But I used to make all of these things. Right. And I'd make huge you know the costco ground beef packages the really big one i yeah. make a meatloaf that size Sheesh. yeah that's a because big meatloaf we had to feed everybody during the week right okay. so that's yeah. your lunches and especially my husband because i mean it was a little bit more difficult for him in many ways because regulating the blood sugar having that come down you know getting off all his meds and making sure that he was hungry with an extremely phys like he was full with an extremely physical job. Okay. And um, it was one of those things where it was a lot of trial and error. And I remember one day that it was at the end of the work week and we had gone through the food that I'd prepped that week a little bit faster. And I undershot how much to make, I guess. And, uh, we had ordered Swishelle and I learned a very valuable lesson. We ordered a whole chicken that we shared, but I figured I'm going to order coleslaw because I mean, cabbage is low carb, right? Right. And the dressing is not. Oh. Okay. So it's loaded in sugar. Within two hours, I was in bed with migraine. Wow. And wow. that was, that was the kicker. And you have this epiphany 
at that moment <laughs> that it really is the diet that's doing this because even the neurologist said, you know, it's better to do, and the neurologist was well aware of the diet, obviously, and it was better to do the diet than the pills and, you know, but to actually have such an intense reaction from the little bit of sugar in coleslaw wow. and within two hours of eating it. So it was pretty fast and it, it just, and it was shortly after that I got Angela Stanton's book about okay. migraines. So it helped me understand that it's just my body's not compatible with glucose. Well, yeah, that, that had to be a very powerful experience. If um, it, it just makes it so real, if you've gone a long stretch of time without, um, without having a migraine, and then you get real-time feedback the first time you kind of go, um, you know, in your case, not even on purpose, but um, unintentionally, you go kind of off plan and then bam, you get yeah. hit with a migraine. And it just, oh. it just makes you realize that it's like, this is not something that's in my mind. This is not something I'm imagining. This is an instant, well, what seems like an instant reaction. I mean, it is a couple hours, but it's not like it was the next day or in a couple days. Right. It was within in a couple hours because it spiked my glucose level, you know, and right. it threw off my chemicals in my blood right and the way angela Stanton says it you know people with that suffer from migraines their brain just don't metabolize glucose as well as other brains i guess you can say you know so it, it just it's kind of like that trigger it's just like you know salt having low blood pressure all my life thinking it's not related i've always had a lot of sodium and now I know when I don't have enough sodiums because I start getting the prodromes. And the first thing I go and grab is the sodium. And I'll actually pour salt right onto my hand and yeah. lick it right off my hand. Wow. And it actually works. It heads it off. Oh, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I, I, one thing I'm curious, uh, you've mentioned the word prodromes. And I've heard that term, but I'm not familiar with it. Can you describe what a uh, prodrome is? It's a prodrome is a warning sign that a migraine's coming. So you usually get some warning, like, you know, you start getting the auras, the blurred vision, um, well in advance, long enough that you can usually, and also like my head would start to tingle, kind of like an electrical ball there, <laughs> you know, when you touch that electrical ball and your hand tingles, my head would feel that. So I always knew there was migraine coming after that because I became more aware of those warning signs that there's a migraine coming. So your chemical balance is off. Your electrolytes are off. You have too much glucose in your body, something. So if it's too much glucose, you fast, you know, unfortunately for me, um, if it's too much glucose, that migraine is going to hit within a two hour frame. Oh. Uh, but, you know, electrolytes are important too. And more so with somebody who has migraines uh, because we go through, we actually deplete our sodium levels a lot faster than your average person. That's why you have low blood pressure. 
Yeah, you know, hearing hearing you talk about these things, and you know the uh, the rather immediate impact that um, you know going off plan had for you from the call saw, it just makes me think about you know how powerful of an experience that could be for so many migraine sufferers. But it's they don't get that opportunity because just the common diet is very high in glucose it is you know it's high in carbohydrate and so you don't have a stretch of time to level out and maybe um see the comparison yeah and see the comparison exactly yeah and it's funny because when you do have that opportunity to actually fix it through diet and then you have one of those off moments that you get that immediate effect from it makes you realize that you need to be more careful. You need to ask ingredients when you're going out to restaurants. So I'm at, <laughs> and it, it really is sad because it's, it was embarrassing the first couple of times. I, I was not that type of person before that. I was like, okay, what are your ingredients for this dish? What right. are you putting into it? Um, and the first couple of times I actually explained myself, if, you know, I need to make sure that there are certain foods that I do not eat where I'd have an extreme side effect. And I would put it off like an allergy just because people don't understand, you know, migraines to begin with. They don't know what it is and they can't understand that, you know, the migraines are actually related to food. Right. Right. And the whole time it actually is, you know, and most people never find this out. I remember, um, about a year and a half in, I had met another lady, uh, who was suffering from chronic migraine and she had been on a ton of different pills and I told her about it. I told her about the diet. I told her about, you know, how food actually is the problem. We cannot metabolize that glucose. You know, we need to keep it minimum because we're just glucose intolerant kind of thing. And, uh, she started it and I've seen her a few months later and she actually came up to me and thanked me um, because she had the same result as I did. Wow. And it, it, it's kind of like, there's no other way to put it. It's kind of like you're living through a miracle. It huh? really does that's, feel that way. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I'm, I'm curious, have you, have you talked to many other people who have followed, you know, you just mentioned this woman who had the same result. Have you talked to many people about this who have tried a low carbohydrate ketogenic diet or, uh, you know, a heavy meat diet, anything like this? Um, have you talked to a lot of people who have treated their migraines with um, such an approach? And if so, what have their results typically been? I think the the biggest thing that people miss out on, and I guess I was kind of lucky because I had always had extremely low blood pressure. Um, One of the crucial things about somebody who suffers from migraines versus your average person that goes on a ketogenic diet is the sodium right? And salting. Yeah, you have to salt more with ketogenic diet. Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. But 
I've always needed to sulk because I get extreme reactions where my blood pressure drops dangerously low. So I've always been told you need to eat more sodium, you need to eat more sodium. So I was already adding, you know, more sodium on top of the more sodium that I was already eating prior to the diet. Um, for me, I didn't have those kind of um, moments where it had to be fine-tuned. And it wasn't until I read Angela Stanton's book that I realized that all this time that sodium is, my brain uses up the sodium faster than the average person because of the electrical firing and whatnot. It, it, it's just, we need extra sodium. So I was already doing that. And a lot of people that start on low carb or ketogenic diet, or even, you know, carnivore diet, they're still getting those migraines coming. Right. And one of the, this happened not too long ago on Twitter, we were talking about it. And I asked, what's your sodium level? Well, I try not to eat too much sodium. And I said, that's where your problem is. That's why you're still getting them. And I tagged, of course, Dr. Stanton, because I mean, she is the expert and I really defer to her because her book is spot on when it comes to migraines, more so than what the doctors uh, spout. Um, she, she's got it down. Her book is something that I refer a lot of people to. And a lot of people that have actually taken that advice and found success. Um, my sister, my brother, the same. Um, my son was starting to get them. He went on a ketogenic diet, low carb, added sodium. They're not there anymore. You know, so I just can't get my mom to switch because she's kind of set in her ways. But um, after menopause hit with her, she didn't get them as often. So she was one of the ones that it seemed to correct itself, I guess you can say. And that does happen. Um, But yeah, I found that most people that I've talked to, the number one issue when they're starting on low carb or even have been on it for a long time is when you're you're not getting enough sodium or your potassium or magnesium levels, like your electrolyte levels are so critical when even water, they're critical. You can't just go on the diet and not look at these factors, not with migraines. Yeah. And you know, one other thing uh, that I just want to, uh, call out from what you just described. You described a book that has been very, very helpful to you by Dr. Angela Stanton. I believe it's titled Fighting the Migraine Epidemic. Yeah. Um, but you, I think it's remarkable. We live in an amazing time in the sense that, you know, you said you were talking to someone on Twitter. You, um, you know, you called out something about, well, you, you know, sodium might be important. And then you tagged the expert author of a book and she was able to join that conversation. So it's just a, um, I guess I just call this out as a fantastic opportunity for people. If, if you're curious about something um, health related, I'm sure in lots of other topics too, but um, I think both of us are drawn to the health and nutrition space online. Yeah. Um, you have bona fide like 
scientists and really smart people who are doing great things who are actively engaged. And there's a whole community of people that you can uh, that you can leverage and you can learn from. It's Absolutely. just a, a wonderful opportunity for for self improvement for your health and for your life. And you know. Angel Stanton, um, Stanton, she has a Facebook page and she has thousands of people on her Facebook page. Um, she's helped thousands of people that suffer from migraines. So, you know, for me, it was, it wasn't until I read her book that I realized the importance and how much work she put into it. And how accurate she is. And you can't get better advice than what she gives. Because, quite frankly, from every person I've spoken to, it works on their migraines. Her protocol actually works. The drugs don't always work. You know, the there's not a lot of things that actually work, you know. Um, but the protocol, a hundred percent works when you follow it. That's that's amazing, and it really is. It's a miracle, you know. It's that miracle drug without having to damage your organs with pharmaceuticals, because the drugs that they prescribe you do damage your organs long term. Yeah, that's um, that's fascinating. I think that's a. Um, just a, a really important thing to consider. And uh, for anyone following along, I know Dr. Angela Stanton has appeared on numerous podcasts. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're looking for a little teaser of, um, you know, of what she brings to the table, I'm sure you can Google her, but I know she's also been on the biohackers lab podcast. She's been on the Human Performance Outliers podcast. Most likely she's been on several others too, but I know I've heard her on there and she's just got a wealth of knowledge to share to help people who are ailing from migraines. So I and the great thing about her is even when you have questions, you know, on social media, she's always there to answer. It may take her some time, because she's a busy woman, of course, you know, you would expect that. But you can always, you know, tag her and ask her questions. And she always steps up and answers them. She never lets people down. She, you can actually tell that she's truly doing this to help others because she suffered from it too. Right. And it it really is like, you want to talk to somebody who's truly, truly, truly knows the disease inside and out, that's the woman to go to every day. Yeah. And so, you know, just like Cynthia saying here, she, uh, Dr. Stanton has a, a passion for, um, for helping people. And she knows, yeah, she's been through it. She, she knows. And so she's, she wants to help. So that's just something to keep in mind if if you're dealing with migraines, hey, maybe it's worth um, you know looking her up on Twitter. Maybe it's worth checking out her Facebook group. Um, you might find some real 
real relief there. Yeah. Um, I'm curious with, with you, uh, Cynthia, with the last, you said it's been about three years since you went to diet doctor and started down the low carb ketogenic path. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, you know, up until then you were getting migraines nearly daily. Yes. Um, since you started, how many migraines have you had since then? Um, the, it, the, it wasn't an overnight thing. So it was more of a progression going from, you know, almost daily migraines. So I'd get it maybe two days where in a week period that I didn't have the pain aspect, but I had every other aspect. Right. Um, So I'd go from that and then it went to every few weeks to every few months. Um, It's been about six months since I had my last one. We had wow. to stop somewhere and grabbed a quick bite, and I don't know. I could have been that I didn't get enough sodium, couldn't get home, couldn't get the salt packages, didn't have access to my normal ways of heading it off. And, uh, yeah, it's been about six months since I got one. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm curious with this. Everyone kind of views the word cure differently. Um, I'm curious, uh, you know, do you consider yourself cured of chronic migraine disorder? I don't use the word cure for one reason. Um, In this situation, if I were to go back to eating any sugar, period, obviously I'm going to get a migraine. So it's not necessarily cured, but it's managed, right? So remission would probably be the better word for it. Um, curing would involve completely transforming every neural aspect of my brain. So it's literally, that's only, you can't change brain chemistry to that extent and your neurons and how would they fire unless you get them to them before their brains, children's brains are fully developed, you know, um, cause once your brain is fully developed, that's it. There's no changing that. Um, For girls, it's very young. For boys, it's in the teenage years. But I would say that, you know, I hypothesize that somebody who has that genetic trait, so like I said before, you know, migraines are a genetic aspect. Um, If you have kids, very young kids, start them on the diet early you know, while they're young so that you can make sure that they're getting enough fats and stuff like that. Because I honestly think that, you know, during that crucial stage when the brain's still developing, if you remove the the triggers that would cause it, and I think, you know, seed oils and all these, you know, damaging foods that are not natural to our body, you know, partially contribute to triggering that genetic trait. So the earlier you can address it with your kids, the better chances that, you know, later in life, they'll have a little bit more leeway than somebody like me. You know, people Uh, ask me, do you ever cheat on your diet? And I'm like, 
uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, but you know, that kind of pain, I, I, I'm going to pass. <laughs> you you so, can have my coleslaw. That's what you can yeah, call them. <laughs> pretty much, you know, like, um, yeah, I'd love to have a poutine, but is it worth it? Oh, hell no. You know, yeah, I, I was offered a candy the other day. Uh, I just, no, 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 just no. Um, it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction because, you know, you know it's going to cause extreme pain. So yeah. cured? No. Um, there, I don't think you can cure migraines. And not enough is known about migraines other than, you know, the standard. And not enough research is being done on migraines because the funding is not there because it's still that stigma. Yeah. You know, um, so mainstream research just doesn't have it as down pat as Angela's book does because she did her own um, completely independent research. Um, There's never going to be that cure, but I'm never going to be the person I was three years ago. Because I know that this way of eating, this is for life. This is my life. This is a lifestyle change. There's no going back. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, that that seems perfectly into the question we always ask here on the You Cured What podcast. Now that you've improved your health, what is one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? Be present. Be there, be with my family, you know, have those long conversations with my husband when he gets home from work, you know, like I look forward to that every day, you know, we spend an hour at least every day talking, you know, just being alive. That's huge. It is huge. And I think that's the thing that I, I love the most about my lifestyle now is I'm actually alive. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine a, a better note to, um, to go out on here, uh, before, before we do go is, um, if there's anyone who wants to learn more from you, is there any way that, um, people can reach out to you? Well, I am definitely on Twitter. And I'm that person that I keep my DMs open. I don't, you know, I'm not a person that's going to close that down. Just because if somebody needs help, I'm always going to be there. Um, So definitely look me up on Twitter, uh, Sinwell73. Um, And that's C-Y-N-W-E-L-7-3? Yep. So, yeah, you can definitely look me up on Twitter. I'm always there. And I'm always open to questions. I mean, you can either hit me up through tagging me or you can talk to me privately. I'll give you definite feedback. Um, But to anybody out there that actually suffers from migraines, the first thing I would tell them is read Stanton's book, The Fighting the Migraine Epidemic. It will transform your life. And it really is absolute truth. So. I'll always refer people back to that because it's the only one that I've actually seen that actually is spot on. Wow. 
That's a, a wonderful recommendation. And thank you so much, Cynthia, for, for sharing your experience with us um, here today. I think a lot of our listeners are going to be uh, really inspired and uh, really helped by this information. So uh, thank you very much for coming on, Sin. And thank you very much for the opportunity and thank you for getting that information out there because there's another person like me out there somewhere that's kind of lost in that zombie game and there's hope. And if this reaches that person, then I've done exactly what I intended. Thank you for listening to You Cured What? Join us again soon for another story of healing.